Hello, everybody. Michael Lombardo here. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. If you want to tap into our website to find out more about us, you can go to www.lifeportoutintl.org. We are currently in a series right now on the fear of the Lord. Uh, part one, I define the fear of the Lord. And, you know, so many people, um, they're either teaching it like you got to be scared of God, be scared of hell. Um, and they really drive that down people's throats uh, you know, in terms of the fear of punishment, which is not a biblical um, revelation of the fear of the Lord. And then you have people that sort of throw it out altogether because they have such a, a revelation on grace and love and mercy. It doesn't fit into their teaching and their message. And that is also the opposite extreme, which is not good at all. So in the first episode, I break down the fear of the Lord and I show you several scriptures about the fear of the Lord in the Old Testament, as well as the New Testament and the inherent blessings that come along with it and kind of what that looks like. Um, and in part two, I talk about the eternal. I talk about rewards. Okay. I talk about um, spiritual rewards. Like the, you know, the scriptures do talk about that we will be recompensed according to what we do here in the body. And Jesus did speak about rewards. And I will tap into that even a little bit more in this episode. Um, and so this is this is a vital subject. We're going to dive in. There's probably going to be about four parts here. Um, if you want to listen to the previous episodes, just go back a few episodes. You'll see the fear of the Lord part one, part two, or I talk about eternal rewards, and then this one. Um, today. And so if you are new to Awaken Podcast, there's a new show every Monday and Thursday streaming on charismapodcastnetwork.com. Also go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, pretty much anywhere podcasts are listened to. And so today I'm going to share with you some scriptures, all right? But I want to talk about the brevity of life, all right? Our life is short. Compared to eternity, our lifespan is literally nothing. God has designed each of us to glorify Him, and He, is in, he has endowed us with unique graces, special grace gifts to manifest his kingdom, to share his gospel, to disciple nations. And and we really are to have this in mind. You know, we are living this natural life and we have responsibilities. We have people, a f- family, friends, things that we need to do and interact with daily. And we have a lot of pressure from without and we put pressure on ourselves within. But there is an eternal calling. Like it says in Ecclesiastes that eternity is written on the heart of man. We are not just here to take up space and to waste time. No, we are here and we've been planted in our specific city, within our specific country, um, with our specific parents. And exactly, you know, the position that we've been postured in was given by God. And it says that in, in the book of Acts, I don't have the exact reference right now, but the apostle Paul, when he's preaching, it's a part of his message that God designed us in this time in history to live in the place that we're living with the parents and the family that we are in for, for a unique purpose. And so we need to see that. We need to believe that. We need to be conscious of that. And so the Apostle Paul constantly talks about um, having our minds set on things which are eternal, not just things with that that are temporal. He says, you know, think about those things which are good and honorable and pleasing. Meditate upon those things. And so we do, compared to eternity, our lifespan is short and we need to have eternity in mind. We, Our desire should be to glorify him, to manifest his kingdom, to fulfill our God-given destiny because the days are evil. Like the apostle Paul said, he said, make 
the best of every moment. Make every moment count because the days are evil. The Apostle Paul said that in Ephesians because there's going to be a lot coming against you. There's going to be a lot coming against your destiny. The devil's going to try to lie to you. He's going to try to hinder you. If he can't get you in full-blown sin, what he's going to do is try to cut your fruitfulness because he doesn't want you destroying his works. He doesn't want you establishing the kingdom, pouring out love, grace, and mercy on others. He doesn't want you discipling others. He doesn't want you bringing money and resource into the kingdom of heaven so that we can truly walk out the Great Commission in its fullness. He doesn't want you going to the nations, hearing God's voice and going to the nations. He doesn't want you doing the things that God has called you to do. And we all were predestined before the foundation of the world to walk in good works. We're not here just taking up space. We were called for good works, not saved by good works, but called unto good works so that we may... um, manifest who Jesus is and fulfill our destinies. And when we live in the fear of the Lord, we are literally desiring and longing for every area of our lives to magnify Jesus, our mindset, our attitude, our heart set, our words, our actions. We want to point people to Jesus instead of point people to ourselves. We don't want to build our own kingdom. We want to build his kingdom. And we should not be just trying to figure out so many Christians trying to figure out what they can do or not do to still be saved. What can we get away with? That's their attitude. What can we get away with and still be a child of God and be saved? That's like something that people literally think. And instead of thinking that way, we need to think, no, um, I desire and long for every area of my life to magnify Jesus. I want everything that Jesus died for me to have, and I want to be free from everything Jesus died for me to be free from. We have one life to live, and God has predestined all of us for good works before the foundation of the world. We are to live in this godly fear where we want to magnify him. We want before more than our personal ambitions, more than our visions and our drive. We need to surrender that at the feet of the Lord. What do you have for me? Not what do I have for myself? What are your dreams? Not what are my dreams? What are your desires in my life? My food is to do your will and to finish the work that you have given me. That was the heart cry of Jesus. And that must be ours as well. We want every waking moment of our lives to burst forth with enthusiasm for his praise and glory. And we need to realize that life is a vapor. It is a vapor. Here one moment, gone the next. And we should want to honor him in every waking moment. And just like it says in James 4.14, yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow, for you are just a vapor that appears for a little while, then vanishes away. That is a reality. The brevity of life is something that we should ponder and meditate on, and we should take time to contemplate the Lord and get honest and sincere with the Lord and to say like, God, I do not want to waste this life that you've given me. I do not want to hurt people. I do not want to build my own kingdom. Like I want you more than I want anything else. I want to surrender my ambitions. I want to surrender all unto you and I want you to speak to me and I want to obey what you say to me. And that is a heart that is deeply immersed in the fear of the Lord. It has nothing to do with trembling and being scared and being afraid that God is going to punish you. The Bible says that perfect love casts out all fear. And that is talking about a worldly kind of fear that causes us to be scared. 
the fear of punishment that if we do not obey perfectly, then he will punish us miserably. And we cannot, the love of God, the perfect love of God is meant to cast out the fear of punishment in our lives. We are not meant to live with that. That is not of the Lord. And we need to realize that one day we will take account. One day we will stand before the Lord. And I want to read this scripture, 1 Corinthians 3, verses 10 through 15. This is a very powerful passage, and its implications are mind-boggling. It's mysterious in many ways, and I'm not going to act like I've got all the answers here on this passage, and I'm not going to hit it line by line and dive deep into this, but I do want to um, share it with you today. And it's verse 10, 1 Corinthians 3, 10 through 15. According to the grace of God, which was given to me, this is the Apostle Paul, He said, according to the grace of God, which was given to me, like a wise master builder, I laid a foundation and another is building on it. But each person must be careful how he builds on it. For no one can lay a foundation other than the one that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold and silver, precious stones, um, wood, hay, or straw, each one's work will become evident for the day will show it because it is to be revealed with fire and the fire itself will test the quality of each one's work. And if anyone's work, which has been built, or if anyone's work, which has built on remains, he will receive a reward. And if anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved yet only as through fire. This is a very important part of the scripture here, this last verse, verse 14 and 15. This is saying that our, our works will be tested before the seat of the Lord Jesus Christ. One day when we come before the Lord Jesus Christ, our work will be tested. Whether our work was done, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, which would easily get burned up, gold, silver, and precious stones, which would just be refined by fire. It's saying that we will stand before the Lord and our works will be tested, the quality of each one's work. But this is not talking about salvation. It's saying that even if we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and all of our work was done out of selfish ambition and the wrong motive, the wrong attitude, but it says that all of our work will be tested and it will burn up if that is the case. And we will suffer loss, meaning we will not be rewarded. But at the same time, we will be saved and only as through fire. So this is not saying that one day when you stand before the Lord, if your if your works did not have the quality of, of the spirit of God, um, motivating, inspiring, birthing the works that you did here on the earth, it doesn't mean that you're going to be cast into hell. It just means that um, when we get to heaven, the rewards won't be vast. And this is something that people have asked many times. Well, if I go to heaven and I don't have many rewards, but everyone else around me is blessed and has so many rewards, then how am I not going to be jealous? Well, there's a scripture in James, and man, I wish I had it in front of me right now, but it kind of just triggered off in my mind as I'm sharing right now. It talks about jealousy, bitter jealousy, selfish ambition, um, and it, it shares one other thing. It says selfish ambition, bitter jealousy, and something else. It says are demonic in nature. Selfish ambition, bitter jealousy are demonic. And so when we're in heaven, we're not going to experience jealousy. Um, that is something that is earthly. That is something that while we are in the earth and our and our souls are able, are broken, our souls are able to be influenced by darkness. Yes, there's something called a bitter jealousy, a jealousy that does not come. You know, the Bible says that God is a jealous God, but that's not a broken, incomplete thing. That is not something that is selfish in nature. No, he is jealous over our attention and our affection because if we cling to him and and we are in him, then we are blessed and we get to operate out of our 
um, out of the original design that God created for us. And we get to experience blessing and peace and joy and righteousness in the Holy Spirit, which is what he created us for. There's two different things, you know, there's a peace that the world gives and there's a supernatural peace the scriptures talk about. There is a godly kind of jealousy, which yearns for the best for all of God's people and all of his creation. And it makes us angry at the things that try to hold us back and hurt God's people. And then there is a bitter jealousy, one that is focused on self. What am I getting and what are other people getting? And they try, and we try to measure it up next to each other here. And that is a bitter kind of jealousy that we will not experience in heaven because it is demonic, the scriptures say, and we will not be experiencing experiencing demonic attacks in heaven. And so I, I just think that's something that is important to note because I've heard it said so many times. And so, but there is a day when we will stand before the Lord and our work will be tested. And I think we shouldn't just write off the scripture. We shouldn't ignore it. We shouldn't put it on a lesser playing field than all the other scriptures about the love and the grace of God. We need to realize that our life is valuable, that Jesus died for us because we are valuable, and that God has anointed us and imparted um, destiny into us, and that he will empower us to do it if we walk with him and yield ourselves to him. And so there is a day when we will stand before the Lord and give an account for the life that we lived here on the earth. And this is something I just want the Lord to sear inside of your heart, that you would even have visions of this place. One time I was, man, this is probably eight years ago, seven years ago now, I was in Bible school and I remember I just, I got on my face and I said, God, I'm sick of just doing other things and not prioritizing you in your presence. And I just made myself get on my face and I played worship music and I remember I just was quiet. I was silent. Now be silent before the Lord and know that he is God. You know, there is a place for silence instead of rambling words, 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 words. You know, there is the beauty of contemplative prayer and silence. And I just got before the Lord in silence and I began to just meditate upon him. And I saw this vision and in the vision, I saw myself approaching the throne of Jesus and I couldn't see him clearly. I'm not going to say that I saw him clearly, but I, there was this bright, brilliant light that was beaming from the throne of God. And I remember just falling on my face in absolute awe and wonder. And there was a thick, weighty presence of the Lord. And there was a peace, but there was also a sense of, wow, you are amazing. You are awesome. You are bigger than me. You are greater than me. And you are God and I am not. And it was that, wow, I'm, I'm loved. I'm embraced. I'm accepted. This is my home. God has welcomed me here. He's not shooing me away. He is embracing me. He loves that I'm here. But at the same time, there was this otherworldliness of God of like, wow, he is God and I am nowhere. Uh, I am not him. And it was like this, this fear of God. And like I said, not being scared, but this just being awestruck at the wonder of who he is. And it was such a beautiful encounter, but it was also a revelation of, I will one day stand before him and the Lord, he is outside of time. He's in our past, he's in our present, he's in our future. He is outside of time and humanity lives within the realm of time. And so the Lord is seeing this possibly as it is in the future already. And maybe this is something that the Lord has seen. And this is a day that I will experience in fullness. But right now it's just a foretaste. Like the scriptures say that in this age, we get to taste the powers of the world to come. We get glimpses, but only in part, not in full. And it was an encounter that that stayed with me. And it, it made my heart eager for that place. Like the apostle Paul says, you know, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Of course, we want to be in the fullness of his presence and we want to 
um, as believers experience that bliss and be with him because he is our everything. But at the same time, you know, to live on this earth and to fulfill the mission that he has given us and to magnify him and to release him, that is important. And if God wants us to do that, then we must do that. And there will come a day when we'll be with him forever. But living in the fear of the Lord is living not just with this earthly world in mind, not just with well, our tasks and our responsibilities, but it is living with an eternal perspective. It is living with the knowledge that we have one life to live and we need to make the most of it and that there will be a day we will stand before him and and and, and our works will be tested. The quality of our work will be tested and it'll be tested by fire and the fire is the love of God. Did we do it out of love? Did we do it unto him or was there selfish motive and intention there? Um, was it to perform? Was it to try to become something that we already are was it out of the revelation of who he is to us and who we are in him? And there's so much more to dive into there, but I'm going to read John 14, one through three. This is Jesus telling his disciples, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would not have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and I will take you to be with me so that you also may be where I am. It's a beautiful scripture just stating that he is preparing a place for us. We have an eternal abode. And the beautiful thing about the presence of God is the spirit of the Lord that has sealed us for the day of redemption, that we have the spirit of the Lord here and now in this earth suit, in this natural body that is daily perishing. We have a taste of the age to come. We have the power of the spirit of God with us. We get to experience heaven on earth through the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is always revealing truth to us, showing us Jesus, revealing truth, letting us experience the emotions of our Father and of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is is connecting us to the divine realities of the kingdom of heaven. And so we get to experience that now here in this earth, in this temporal body, in this, in this, in this time. But there is a beautiful day where the Lord, he's preparing a place for us where we will experience it in fullness. But right now we experience it in part by the power of the spirit and is the spirit of God living on the inside of us, bringing us revelation of the eternal realm. And so I want to end with one scripture. And this is really just the apostle Peter compelling people uh, to live a holy life in view of in view of eternity, really. I'm just going to read it to you. This is first Peter four verses seven through 11. I'm going to end with this. First Peter four verses seven through 11. The end of all things is near. Therefore be clear minded and self-controlled so that you can pray above all love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. Excuse me, to him be glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. This is a man oozing Jesus. The apostle Peter, he's saying, God, he couldn't stop saying so that God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. He did not need to end that verse with that declaration, but it burst out of his spirit. He couldn't stop from writing that with his pen. You understand what I'm saying? Like this is a man who lived every day. Every breath he breathed was for the glory of God. And he is compelling the saints. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded, self-controlled, love one another, pray without ceasing, use your giftings, preach the gospel, serve others. 
This is a compelling statement here. He's saying, in light of the amazing realities that are ahead of us, that are not far, but they are near, live in a manner that is worthy of the high call that is on your life. Live with eternity in mind. Obviously, embrace his mercy and grace. All of us fall short of the glory of God. It says the righteous man falls down seven times, but he gets back up again, and love covers up a multitude of sins. He did not say, be perfect and do everything right and don't make any mistakes. That's not what he said, but he said, in light of all of these things, be clear-minded, be self-controlled. He is urging them, he is exhorting them to live with eternity in mind. And so I want to end this. Um, I want to end this in prayer. Lord, I just thank you right now that you would open up the eyes of the heart, that you would impart wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, and that the eyes of their heart would be enlightened, every single person listening to this. And I just thank you, Heavenly Father, that the Holy Spirit would reveal truth and point us to Jesus, and that there would be a spiritual urgency on the inside of us. There would be a eternity would literally be harking unto us every single day, causing us to not be fixated on the things of this world, the temporal things that pull us down, the feelings that we have, the things that we desire, the things that will literally fade away. This world will fade away. But those who do the will of God will abide forever. And so, Lord, I just thank you for just anointing the heart of every listener and that they would see eternity and that they would see your face. They would encounter you and they would have this urgency in their spirit to live clear-minded, self-controlled, to be aware of that day that we will stand before you, Lord, and that everyone would seize the opportunity of living for you and your glory here and now because we have one life to live. And I just bless them, Father, in the name of of Jesus. Amen. Thank you guys so much for listening. This is part three of my series in the fear of the Lord. My last part will be next week. The last episode of this series will be um, part four releasing soon. Stay tuned for that. But bless you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast so we can get it out to more people so that they can be encouraged, inspired, awakened by the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Bless you guys. And I'll talk to you next time on Awaken Podcast. Hey guys, Michael Lombardo here. Uh, Just quickly, I just want to make a resource available to you. I wrote a book released with Destiny Image Publishers called Immersed in His Glory, a supernatural guide to experiencing and abiding in God's presence. My desire is for you to get to know the Lord in a experiential way, to break every barrier to experience God's presence in your everyday life. I've met people all over the world that are just hungry to know him, but just don't know how to get there, don't know how to experience Jesus in a deeper way. You know, what keeps you from encountering him in a greater way? Do you feel unfit to enter his presence? Do you feel stuck? Maybe you worry that you don't know enough to meet with God. Every human being is hardwired with the need for intimacy with God. When this need isn't met, we search elsewhere and we find ourselves broken and unfulfilled. But connecting with God is of utmost importance. And in this book, I'm just inviting you to experience this vital union with the Holy Spirit that is greater than you have ever imagined. A continuous fellowship with God where a lifestyle of miracles, visions, encounters becomes normal. All right, so in this book, you learn how to be free from self-condemnation, guilt, and shame through intimacy with the Holy Spirit. You learn how to um, have guidance from God as you experience His presence every day. You overcome lies that have held you back from experiencing more of God. You get a revelation of your inheritance that was already freely yours. 
you know, through the lavish gift of grace through Jesus. And so I just want to present this to you immersed in his glory. You can go to Amazon and find it there. You could also go to my website, lifepouredoutintl.org, lifepouredoutintl.org, or you can go to destinyimage.com. The audiobook is available as well on amazon.com, as well as some video teachings at destinyimage.com. And so bless you guys. Grab a copy of Immersed in His Glory.